everybody knows about the war between all the brand new EV manufacturers out there. Hell, as Autolux, we've even talked about the EV wars. But there's a second war brewing within the EV marketplace as well. We're starting to see it as we're getting more and more competition in the world. We are now starting to see the birth of the segment wars, where new companies are vying for that market share of these brand new segments. Hell, even the old segments, and some of them are after blood. These electric vehicle manufacturers really want to take down their competition and rule the day because we all know in the end, consolidation will happen in the future and one of these companies won't be around. Today, we're going to take a look at the battlefield between the electric vehicle segments. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website, autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out. Go to the Corporate Links website, check out some of our ratings or rated pages, and review some of those annoying copycats from around the world and see who's got the best designs and the worst designs on our Autolux A Plus Awards of Excellence and the Rusty Awards for Design Disgraces. All on the autolux.net website. The Autolux Podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and hosted by the one and only Everett J. So like I said in the beginning, there's a new war brewing within the electric vehicle world. EV segment wars. Originally, we had the EV wars with all these new companies coming out and fighting each other. But now with some of these major players starting to get into the world, we're starting to see wars within the segment industry. One of the biggest wars we've seen so far is trucks. Everyone is fighting to the literal death of each other to win the EV truck war. They all want to prove that they can tow without losing power. They can tow as much as they want. They can go as far as want and they can do the same things as a standard truck. With companies like Rivian, Ford, General Motors, Stellantis, Lordstown, and even Tesla trying to break this market and carve out their own niche to ensure their longevity, this segment is getting pretty dicey. We all know that the Tesla Cybertruck was one of the first ones that we all knew about for the electric car industry. Everybody knew that Tesla was going to create a truck and hell, they'd even started talking about a truck before the Model 3 was even released into the world. We all knew they wanted to get one done. And with them building a transport, it was inevitable that they would eventually create one. But unfortunately, in regular Tesla appearance, they didn't hit the market as fast as possible. With the likes of Rivian and their R1T hitting the market before anyone else and carving out their select little niche they thought they can get in there and hold that marketplace for themselves unfortunately at the beginning of their project they had worked with ford motor company Ford was going to utilize the original Rivian R1T platform to build their own electric truck. But near the completion of the Rivian R1T, Ford decided to go their own way. And soon enough, the F-150 Lightning was released into the world. Rivian was furious. They helped build the competition, and the competition came out just after them. And then shows up the General Motors Hummer. Hummer was an entry into a new market set. It was bigger than the other two. It was more capable than the other two. It had a name from its past. The Hummer was cool, but unlike the rest, it was expensive. 
Stellantis released the Ram Revolution, which and essentially to us was major lunch bag letdown. The concept was amazing, and that's what we all wanted. And then they come out with this stupid Ram 1500 with a new front and rear clip on it. That's it. Really nothing else. Yeah, we get it. The F-150 did that, but they didn't lead us up with something amazing to give us something standard. So Stellantis isn't really winning anyone over. They're just hopping into the game because they need to get into it while there's still a piece to be taken. And Lordstown, well, God, we all know what's happening with Lordstown. They're having major, major issues. And now with a lawsuit possible from their owner, Foxconn, the Lordstown Endurance may never make it to the market, similar to that of the workhorse. They may never hit their markets that they were intended for for contractors, paving the way for Ford and Stellantis to take over the fleet services. We all know CUVs are one of the biggest markets out there in the world right now, and we know that this is going to be a bloodthirsty market upon everyone in the electric vehicle marketplace. And we could see that already. Not really in North America, but on the other side of the pond. In China, the CUV marketplace for EVs is exploding. With only companies like Mercedes, Nissan, and Chevrolet from our neck of the woods producing crossover utility vehicles to compete against some of these amazing products, the CUV marketplace is becoming big. And considering the fact that it's one of the biggest marketplaces in the world right now, this market is hard to pass up. So everybody's getting in. The only problem is that with so many companies getting into it, the war within this segment is essentially going to blow up upon the products within it. Yes. Oversaturation is very apparent right now in the CUV electric vehicle marketplace. With so many products to choose from, nobody is winning the war. Too much competition and too much choices, people won't just settle on one. And since most of these car companies are brand new to the market, nobody is going to win this race. Moving over to active lifestyle vehicles, a new and emerging marketplace essentially created within the electric vehicle world. Spawned by products like the Model X and the Mustang Mach-E, the ALV marketplace is new and everybody wants a piece of it. It's not as bloodthirsty as the crossover utility marketplace only due to the fact that the ALV marketplace is new and not everybody knows where it's going to go in the future. We all get it. We want coupe profiles. And the coupe profile CUVs have been around for quite a while with the BMW X6 paving the way along with its counterpart over at Acura with the ZDX ALVs are starting to take off now as we transition from crossover utility vehicles to a more urbanized environment. With more people wanting less vehicles and more from their vehicles, the active lifestyle vehicle is slowly going to be where it's at. And as the CUV market becomes more and more saturated, this battlefield will slowly move over into the ALV marketplace. And once that happens, active lifestyle vehicles will become the norm in this EV war. Moving over from our base model soft rotors, we start moving into the utility marketplace. And the battlefield amongst the utility marketplace is starting to slowly grow. Whereas utility vehicles today are still seen by many environmentalists in those 
you know, annoying piece of shit people that go and deflate tires and jump over fences to Formula E races and throw paint on vehicles. The SUV marketplace or utility marketplace is one of those ones that moving electric vehicles into seems like the smartest thing to do, but unfortunately, they're still seen as environmentally disadvantaged vehicles. Even if the Suburban was an electric vehicle that got the same mileage, people still see it in this day and age as an environmentally unfriendly product. This war hasn't taken off yet, but with Hummer and their EV SUV, Jeep getting all in with their Grand Cherokees and Wranglers, and hell, about to release a brand new version of the Wagoneer called the Wagoneer S as an exclusive electric vehicle product, Jeep is burning up the hot plate in the utility electric marketplace. Being that Jeep is as big as it is in the utility marketplace anywhere you go in the world, it would be dumb for them to pass up this opportunity. So you can kind of see who's gonna win this war. Range Rover, as we all know, is tied in with the Jaguar nameplate. And where Jaguar is moving all of their products over to an EV counterpart, so is Range Rover, but they're taking their time a little more cautiously because as we said before, they don't wanna jump all in to the pool they're dipping their toes in to see where it goes and with their products being more on the luxury scale until jeep gets smart and releases a wagoneer plug-in range rover will own this share of the upper market of the electronic vehicles with only rivian and their r1s and the hummer ev suv coming after them both a name as big as hummer and american still bloodthirsty for big burly luxury vehicles, Hummer may be able to take this one away from Range Rover. Moving from there, we start to get into a little bit bigger product. Transports, on the other hand, are starting to become an even bigger player in the electronic vehicle marketplace. It's not as bloodthirsty as you would think about it because essentially Tesla and Volta are one of the only manufacturers in it already. We get it Neuron and Hyundai are starting to get into there. But when it comes to transports, EV transports aren't as meaningful. We get it. They lose power when towing. We're in the electric field and the alternative fuel systems. Hydrogen is the one who is fighting electric when it comes to transports. It's not company versus company. It's power source versus power source. And with companies like Hyundai, Mercedes, and even Nikola charging the way of hydrogen transport trucks, little companies like Tesla, Neuron, and Volta are really fighting it out to stay alive in the changeover from diesel to hydrogen. Moving into delivery products, you start to move in and get into the van marketplace. Now the van marketplace originally was started by all these little small companies. I remember Workhorse was one of the original ones in there. And then we get companies like Chang Kee getting in there. Levesque, London Electric Vehicles. Morris JE, Electric Bussy, they all start getting into these last mile delivery vans. But then again, Amazon is one of the biggest deliverers out there, along with FedEx and UPS. Arrival becomes one of the big players in the cargo van delivery market. At the beginning of the cargo van EV product life cycle, Arrival seemed to be the top player in this marketplace, beating everyone else out in gaining FedEx and UPS sales. Unfortunately, their product took too long to enter the marketplace, where companies like Rivian and their product for Amazon and General Motors with their bright drop are starting to move in to take over. The big players are starting to crush the small guys. 
place. Where it's an unfortunate to, to see that happen, where companies like Canoe are having the hardest time of their life trying to bring out their last mile delivery vans. Getting a sale for nearly 10,000 vans from Amazon really put Rivian in the right spot to compete with the big players. Arrival originally had that, but unfortunately the product that's coming to market does not look like the Space Age product we initially saw at the beginning. So we have all lost interest in that product as it has become more, man, it's bland, it's boring, it's lost its product appeal. You could say the same thing about Bright Drop, but unfortunately General Motors has been playing the cargo van stream very mildly over the past 20 years. With only their giant Savannah cargo vans, they haven't been competing with the tall upright vans that were brought in when Daimler-Benz brought us the Sprinter. We now have the Ford Transit. The Fiat Ducatos, the Nissan NVs, Renaults, the Promasters, they're all coming in with their top heavy designs. But GM sits back and says no. Arrival didn't make their end products for the North American marketplace for FedEx and UPS. So GM stepped up their game, updated the Cami plant outside of Ingersoll, Ontario, and brought Bright Drop to market. They may not be winning the war over Amazon, but they are keeping their competition from Ford and Chrysler at bay, where Bright Drop is a dedicated electric vehicle counterpart where Ford Transit and the Ram Promaster are just alternatives. General Motors and Amazon and Rivian are winning this battle. Moving to the smallest scale of this product range are pod vehicles. Now, if you've checked out our website and gone to the rated portions, you'll notice that in the EV or hybrid category, you'll find pods because they're all tiny little electric hybrid or minuscule amount of engine vehicles. These are the single or dual capacity vehicles, and some of them are even being utilized for delivery. The Poco Meme also has a counterpart from Germany, which is being utilized with dedicated very last mile delivery vehicle. And with companies like Citroen getting into this marketplace, little companies like Silence, Microlino, and even City Transformer are having a hard go at it. But as we change our mindset in the inner cities from these big burly vehicles and you know having car sharing more readily available to us, small little companies Companies and tiny little pod vehicles for interstate travel become more prominent. Where companies like Silence and City Transformer can start to take over some of the product life cycle away from companies like Opal and Citroen. The City Transformer may seem like it should be the top contender in the pod race because this vehicle is capable of traveling in an inner city market on skinny little back roads and opening its wheels up wider so it can travel at a high rate of speed on the highway. Its technology is there for this product to be the most bloodthirsty pod on the market. But unfortunately, this little guy doesn't have the backing that Stellantis has for Citroën. The ME and the Opal Rocks are rocking the world of the pod marketplace, taking the reins and showing everybody else that this weird little pod thing, fully upright but ugly, is what we want when we want to get into a pod. Don't get it. I prefer to get myself into a Microlino or a Ortega, similar to that of the original Isetta. Moving up from there, we really don't see a lot from the crossover category, the cross-trek category, or the hatchback and wagon categories in the EV marketplace yet. These are segments that still haven't been fully taken over. Wagons, well, in a sense, they are a dying breed, but with a rise in electric sedans, 
Hearts. There's a possibility that wagons may become more prevalent in the future, and the rise and fall of the wagon market may come back. With minivans kicking them off their high horse, sedans may be able to bring them back to life, as more of us are looking towards sedans in the EV marketplace than anything else, all due to the arrival of the Model S. The Model S and the Model E seem to be essentially owning this marketplace everywhere around the world, but now with competition like the Mercedes EQS, the Neo ET7, BMW i4, Audi e-tron, and even the Xpeng P7 and Polestar 2, the sedan marketplace is really becoming a bloodthirsty market, even more so than the crossover utility market, where in sedans, it's all about gaining that little bit of the market share. Gotta remember, sedans at one point were the biggest product out there. Now now with crossover utility vehicles being the biggest market out there, that's what everybody wants. But with sedans still being one of those main products and people seeing electric vehicles as sedans first before any other product out there, this is the market that we really need to watch the most. Tesla is holding on strong with the Model 3 and Model S, but in the Asian marketplaces, Neo and Xpeng and GAC are really putting the hammer down on Tesla. In the European marketplace, Audi, BMW, and Mercedes are smashing through them. But I guess you could say the biggest contender worldwide against the Model S and Model 3 would have to be from NEO. As NEO gains a foothold as becoming one of the second most valuable electronic vehicle manufacturers in the world, their products within the crossover and sedan marketplaces will become the products that will become the biggest fight on Tesla's hands. And with Tesla owning the sedan marketplace still to this day, this market and all the competition are out for blood. With Audi releasing not just the e-tron, but the e-tron GT and the Taycan from Porsche being released as both the Taycan and Taycan Turbo, Tesla really has their work cut out without any history behind them. They can really lose their place to the beer companies who are going at them from all angles. They are the pack of wolves coming after this deer. Away from sedans, we have our small up-and-coming marketplace. It seems to be not so bloodthirsty. There is a war amongst many manufacturers to try and get new electric sports cars out there. Netta has actually started entering into the coupe marketplace to try and bring that one back. But when you get products like Wevec and Daymark Spiritus entering into the sports car electric car marketplace, you're starting to see people look at this market and say there is viability in building these sports cars. But who is going to really win the day? Will it be the first ones that are in their old ready or will it be the new companies when they make their changeovers when we get an electric sports car from toyota or an ev version of the miata that is when the true war will appear in the sports car market so for now it's more of a collaboration of partnerships and freedom the war hasn't descended on sports cars yet and at the top of this whole war comes the biggest war amongst all of it. People seem to think trucks and transports and vans is the most bloodthirsty and active war in the electric vehicle marketplace. But no, it is not. Because with both electric and hydrogen being in this marketplace, the high performance world is where it all happens. Every single one of those products is fighting each other 
Milan, Lotus, Aspark, Alienol, Lamborghini, Maserati, McLaren, Ferrari, Rimac, Singer, Tesla, Pinfarini. They're all out for blood and they all want to win. Now they build in low volumes, but the unfortunate thing is for them, they still compete with each other. There's not so many millionaires to go around. There's more so now than there was 20 years ago. So there's a bigger market per se for this area. But when you get companies like Ferrari and Lamborghini going up against little guys like Rimac and Alieno, and then all of a sudden Lotus just blowing up on the scene, coming back to life with the Avisia, everybody is after the top spot. As of right now, there is no top contender in the supercar world. You might say Rimac is the top contender because of the ownership of Bugatti and the fact that they've been in it longer than anyone else. But when the Avisha burst onto the scene, it proved to everyone out there that this marketplace is all over blood against each other. The Avisha was out for the Rimac, and they wanted to take them down. And now with Rimac owning Bugatti, they have product stable on either side of the playing field. They got Bugatti going after the LaFerrari, and they got Rimacs going after after the, the SF90s. They can hit it on both sides. Rimac, out of all of these, may seem to be the winning contender. But with Lotus going to a fully electric future and having the financial backing of Geely, and now Lamborghini moving slowly into the hybrid world, and Ferrari pushing its envelope, and even McLaren with the Atara plug-in hybrid. This battle is just going to get crazier. The hybrid market is going to be that sets the stage for the rest of the world of the EV segment battlefield. Our unfortunate thing is, hatch Backs, wagons, crossovers, cross tracks, coupes, and convertibles are still out of play here. Crossovers have a contention, but the crossovers are also crossing over to the ALVs. Cross tracks? You get a few of them, as the Polestar 2 kind of blends the line between sedan and a cross track. But as ALVs is starting to take over, that marketplace is getting hit as well. Wagons could be increased due to the rise of the sedan once again, and hatchbacks will only become a bloodthirsty market within the EV marketplace once we get the prices down. And with Foxconn releasing their Model B, there's a possibility that the hatchback wars are about to start. The only marketplace that for the next couple years is going to be up for grabs for anyone is the coupe and convertible market. Convertibles are completely out of play with everyone. Netta is the only one going after the coupe one. So with Netta entering this marketplace, there's a possibility of some old rebirth brands coming back. Whereas if Netta starts making decent sales off of coupe profile vehicles or coupes, you never know. A resurgence of the 80s and 90s coupe market could be set on our hands again. But only time will tell on that. So really in the end, who is going to win these essential EV wars? Hell, one of them even has a war between two different types of pulsion systems. The real end will only come when the market starts to get a little more saturated. When we start to see consolidation between these automotive companies. Until that happens, they're all out for blood and they all want to win at this game. Tesla, on the other hand, is one of the few companies that owns some of these markets and yet isn't out for blood. They're one of the only ones that are out there just making cars and running the world. They've even stated that the, the Cybertruck won't be high production vehicle to go up against the likes of the F-150 and the new Ram Revolution. So they may not own the market, but with a limited production truck, they're going to own more people's hearts than anyone else. And that is the only thing that matters with winning the war. Because in the end, if your product doesn't stand the test of time, nobody will remember you and nobody will really care in the future. So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it and follow us. Click the links below, follow us on whatever streaming service you're listening to us on to find out about more of our episodes. We have well over a 
150 episodes to choose from, from anything from technology to history. The Autolux podcast has covered it. So if you like to listen and learn about the automotive industry, we're glad to hear to talk to you. And if you haven't done so yet, please stop by the Autolux.net website. Check out even our podcast page about this one. You see images of vehicles we have talked about within this podcast. We give you the visualization of this podcast without giving you a video of the podcast. <laughs> so if you really want to see it, stop by the website, check it out, and look. The Autolux podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and hosted by the one and only Everett J. So strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride that the EV segment wars is going to take you on.